It is the Sunday where champions are made. Championship Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 man. You might be standing out there right now saying, I'm not playing DFS on a two-game slate for the NFL. Well, uh, uh, okay, sounds good. We'll be there. We'll be there trying to collect, all right? There's some really good strategies I want to share with you. Stuff that I've been rolling out there this year, eh, here and there, but really more so the last couple of weeks during the playoffs. Mentioned it on the Patreon podcast last week that I think in single entry and three max, it's a pretty interesting strategy. We'll talk about it in a second when we break down these quarterbacks but now i think it's actually a very viable strategy even if you're playing in 150 maxes 20 maxes but definitely these smaller field 100 200 300 500 people tournaments where if you want to go with these types of stacks that i'll talk about in a moment man it is a massive advantage welcome in we got two games left then the Super Bowl. I am very excited for this. I'm very excited for the two-game slate. I think there's going to be ways that people just play cash lineups and GPPs way too often. They're going to be dead money. People are going to feel uncomfortable going to the types of builds that I'm going to be very comfortable going to. And those same exact build types ended up getting us a 7x buy-in. Put about a little over four figures in. We ended up getting almost close to five figures back last week in the divisional round. It was a very nice and enjoyable week. Nothing crazy, not life-changing money, but a nice lift week to kind of close out the NFL season. The expectations this week aren't changing, though. We're not expecting to 7x or 10x or 100x our money. The expectations are you stick to the process. You use not an increased and inflated bankroll, a very manageable size bankroll, and you go back to work. You continue to play your single entry, your three max. If cash is your cup of tea, go for that as well. You continue to try and stay away from blowing all your money in the lottery systems as well, which a lot of people probably are. And then you start to slowly build some money. Sal, I haven't won in, in five weeks. I haven't won a single thing in five weeks. Okay, you're playing the 100,000 person tournament every single night in the NBA and in the NFL every single week with one or two or three lineups that makes sense because even if you have one really really good lineup and you win 40 bucks with it well you just lost five dollars on the week from having your three entries in there right it's so hard unless you're banking probably long term first place in those contests maybe second you're probably dead money long term in those contests so yes the flashy million dollars hundred thousand dollars two hundred thousand dollars the first looks very appealing you're probably never going to win it and if you don't win it and again if you want to chase it well some people chase the lottery every single day in the powerball right but if you want to chase it more power to you. But what we're here to do is actually see your bankroll grow, actually see you have some nice profitable weeks because we're fine with $7,000 right? or $8,500, whatever it was this past week. We're fine with that. We, we like having that over $0, right? Uh, we, we're fine with that over the imaginary thought of winning a million dollars. So yes, the practicality here is what you're going to be getting. Practicality with analysis tools, all that type of stuff. If you want to check out uh, ownership, projections, rankings, a lot of stuff, not just for the NFL season. I know that's closing up, but we have MMA content over on Patreon now, analysis and tools, really. The content is always going to be in front of the paywall here, right here on youtube and the podcast version but analysis and tools that go even more in depth if you want to check it out on patreon for mma pga the nba as well and oh yes don't count them out just yet the nfl season is still going to be here so as we start to break into it hit the like hit the subscribe do all those things i greatly appreciate it this is going to be one of the last weeks of the nfl season we're going to be having season-long content for the nfl during the offseason so be sure to tune in for that too i appreciate you all in advance this is going to be a good ass time the video is brought to you by Superdraft. so if you're not already familiar it's a multiplier format they're a fantastic sponsor one of our top sponsors on this show on this program program right now we got their merch it's very comfy it's a multiplier format for example this week patrick mahomes has a 1x multiplier if he scores 23 points he gets 23 points on super draft but 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 this is a big old booty if you get out there and tom brady he has a 1.2x multiplier if he ends up scoring this week 20 points he's going to get an additional 20 percent onto that a 1.2x multiplier and actually outscore mr patrick mahomes this week so that's the power of the multiplier format we have projections down below for you to follow along and people are just winning over there it's nowhere near the same we talk about contest selection just now 
now in terms of staying away from the lotteries. It's nowhere near the same intensity because as many people aren't keeping up to date with it, the contests aren't filling as on DraftKings, FanDuel, Yahoo, sports betting, prop betting, all those type of things. People are prioritizing over Superdraft. And every single day that I educate you on what Superdraft is and they continue to be a sponsor of the show, the competition gets tougher. So tomorrow it's going to be tougher than today. And three days ago, it wasn't as tough as it is today, right? People are going over there and actually playing and paying attention if they're coming from this channel. So there's no better time to get into than literally right now. If you use my name, Sal, S-A-L, you would get a free money bonus up to $1,000 ruskies in a slow drip format. What are you waiting for? We can talk about Superdraft as we get into the wide receiver position probably because there's just more options there. It's going to be fairly easy to pick a quarterback, a tight end this week, right? Running back maybe gets a little bit difficult depending on the multipliers, but wide receivers, there's a lot of options this week and a lot of really good options. Hey, you have four strong offenses, four good offenses, arguably the four best quarterbacks in the NFL this year, but Tom Brady wasn't one of the best. Russell Wilson was. No, he was pretty dog shit. I would personally say that Deshaun Watson was in the top four in quarterbacks this year. You have Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Rodgers and Deshaun Watson. So we're missing one of them. We're inserting Tom Brady into this offense. He's been pretty dang good, though, if you're looking at overall attempts, yardage per game, that type of stuff. And that's going to be implied by the two game totals being 53 and a half and 50 and a half this week and we're excited to break down into it to so check out super draft all that stuff is linked down below anything else you want to check out some analysis some tools on how to build your bankroll uh just general dfs strategy pdfs that are free down below i have a dfs course as well with 10 plus hours in there just talking about dfs specifically the nfl and then also generally dfs strategy some type of stuff that we talked about at the beginning you can check all that stuff out some pdfs as well so breaking down into it with the quarterback position yeah the game that looks appealing to me more so is casey and buffalo i mean one you have a higher overall game total higher team total for both teams teams in that game a 28 team implied total leads the slate for uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and yes I know that there's injuries around Patrick Mahomes is he going to get out of the concussion protocol is Chan Hedy going to have to play we'll discuss that more in depth we will get more into that on Friday if there's any type of news but right now I'm going to be making this show as if Patrick Mahomes is playing now if you're watching this on Sunday morning or Saturday and it's already ruled that Chad Henney is playing well then the interest is not going to be as much in Chad Henney the interest is not going to be as much in this game I want both sides to be able to lift this game up if this is going to drop the team total by five or six points yes it's going to become a little bit more appealing now to go to this Green Bay and Tampa Bay game, where I think both offenses can actually sustain a three or four touchdown game apiece. We're not going to break too much into that because I'm not expecting that to happen right now. I'm expecting him to get out of the concussion protocol. Again, we'll have more news on that Friday when I do this video. I'm going to do the final thoughts video when we talk about uh, finalized ownerships, finalized strategy, and things like that. So Mahomes at $7,600, again, assuming that he is playing, I don't think he's going to be massively owned. I think the ownership is going to fly to this middle range because of his price point. And look, there's no expensive running backs this week. Travis Kelsey is going to be your only expensive tight end per usual. And there's so many wide receivers that somebody's going to offer us some value. And I think there's multiple guys offering us some value so it's very easy to get to Patrick Mahomes like I'm not I'm not running away from Patrick Mahomes I've been playing this guy all season long Patrick Mahomes to me right now he's right up there with Josh Allen as guys that I like a lot and he's probably my favorite option he's gonna have a strong matchup against the Buffalo Bills when you're looking at offensive versus defensive line advantages it's probably not gonna be there all that much but it's not gonna be a terrible spot a minus three percent matchup for the offensive line of this Kansas City team versus Buffalo it's been a little bit banged up they lost Schwartz but still minus three percent sounds awful but it's it's basically neutral like the best offensive line blocking advantages for Josh Allen this week and he only has a positive three percent right so it's basically neutral to this point in the season you're getting Mahomes leading this slate with over 39 attempts per game over 316 yards per game as long as he's healthy and out there I like it as the highest team total with a quarterback on the other side who is definitely going to be pushing the pace right now Patrick Mahomes is overall leading an offense that finished sixth in overall points scored this year with 495 and he's facing the number two scoring offense in the NFL with 545 points the final six teams or the final four teams were all top six Green Bay third Tampa Bay number one in overall points for and points scored this year it's going to be a fun championship Sunday where I don't think defenses are going to be all that much involved. But here's the thing that I want to break down for you all. The last couple of weeks I've been doing this, and the last couple of weeks we had a good amount of success in wildcard weekend. Last week we had major success doing it. Ways to get unique. You have to be stressing that. Unique lineups are lineups that other people don't have. You want to avoid duplicated lineups. Again, if you're building a lineup that somebody else has, you're automatically cutting your potential winnings in half no matter where you finish. If you min cash for $30, it's now going to be 
$15 or $20, whatever it ends up being when everybody ties together. If you win first place, great, I want $100,000. Well, if you're tying with 100 people, you want, that's not going to be as good, right? You're going to be tying with everything. You're going to maybe win $2,000 once you factor in all the placings. And that might sound better than nothing, but you want to maximize on your win opportunities. So building unique lineups, right? I love stacking. I normally will be going with something like a, for example, on this slate, a patch from Holmes, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, that worked last week very well, running it back for this slate, let's just say with a Cole Beasley, right? Those types of stacks. But I'm even more, especially on a two-game slate, even more enamored. And I did this on the Sunday slate last week and had a lot of success. Hence, that was a two-game slate. So I'm not just talking about a four-game slate. I'm even more enamored and intrigued by going with massive stacks, right? So for example, last week, I ended up running out there a Patrick Mahomes, who led the slate even after getting hurt. Travis Kelsey led the slate at that position. Tyreek Hill, who was fantastic for over 20 points. McCole Hartman, who was just fine, right? Around double-digit points. And then I also went Byron Pringle, who wasn't great, but he had three and a half points at halftime. Patrick Mahomes gets hurt, doesn't get much after that. But it wasn't great, but it still ended up finishing me highly because we went with a four-man game stack five-man game stack right and then we ran it back on the opposite side of that game with both kareem hunt who got us there late and then we ended up getting rashad higgins who had a very nice day in the air himself so we had in that game seven players from one game i like that I like that a lot. I'm going to be trying to do something like that this week. Six to seven players, massive game stacks, four or five man game stacks. An example for this week would be Patrick Mahomes' team is now a little bit expensive depending on what happens with Sammy Watkins. But let's just say Patrick Mahomes plays. Let's say Clyde Edwards Hilaire plays. Those two guys, right, stacked up. And then also Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, running it back on Buffalo with two of the receivers. Even if you want to go three, I don't really care. If you want to go with Cole Beasley and John Brown, if you want to go with Steph Diggs, John Brown, Cole Beasley, if you want to go with a defense, Cole Beasley and Diggs, right, those types of things, I'm fine with that. That's my way of getting unique is just picking one of these games and say, okay, that game is going to score 55 points. The other game this week is going to score 42 or 45, or just some weird guys are going to score in it. I'm basically just loading up on one of these games. And the reason you do it is, well, one, both these games look okay to do that with, but you're trying to get unique. You're trying to get different within that. You're not trying to play bad players. I know I played Byron Pringle last week. I didn't think he was a bad play. He was projecting out fairly decently for me because Sammy Watkins was out. God Edward Tiller was out and he was going to have a decent game, probably around six to seven fantasy points, which is good for $3,200. I'll take that this week out of any wide receiver, but you had Patrick Mahomes getting hurt. So whichever the team is, it doesn't have to be the Chiefs. It could be Tampa Bay this week against Green Bay, right? It could be Tom Brady stacked up with Antonio Brown and Chris Goblin and Rob Gronkowski and running it back with Aaron Jones and, and Devontae Adams or running it back with Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard. I want a massive game snack this week. I want to just strategize my lineups building around one lineup. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have anybody from the other game. You will. You'll have one to three other people from the other games, and that's fine to do. And picking up those spots where maybe some value looks nice or some spots where you're not going to be able to get away from, like Travis Kelsey at tight end if you're playing the Tampa Bay or Green Bay game. Well, then, yeah, probably still going to be trying to play Travis Kelsey at tight end personally. So in our early week's best picks video, this is what I kind of want to do is, is break down the strategy of the slate, just talk through some things that I'm seeing early on from a projection standpoint down below on Patreon and ownership rankings, that type of stuff. Yes, I, I want to be prioritizing Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, assuming that Patrick Mahomes is starting. If it's Chad Henney, it throws this slate for a little bit of a loop and it makes it a lot more difficult, to be honest with you. Right now, the slate isn't difficult at all, especially if you know how to build unique lineups. It's actually fairly simple, in my opinion. And I think we can now roll this strategy out into 20 maxes, 150 maxes, not cash. You don't have to do this in cash, but mainly single entry three maxes, what I've been doing it in. Now I want to roll this out into some bigger overall tournaments. So just to give you an idea right now, my highest projected player is indeed Patrick Mahomes this week with a 26.8 overall projection. That's basically where he's been on the season. Josh Allen ends up being my highest value early on in the week at the quarterback position. We won't share this for every single position. The rest will be on Patreon, but Josh Allen currently my highest value. Currently the presenting sponsor of the show, like we talked about, he's my number one super draft play because you get an extra 10% points out of Josh Allen. So he ends up scoring around 28 and a half to 29 super draft points for me. That leads the slate. Again, promo code style, you can take advantage of that. So Mahomes and Josh Allen are the ones that I'm going to be liking this week. They're both going to have decent offensive line matchups. Now, if you want to go over to Aaron Rodgers, it's tough to really 
hit on his offensive line matchup being terrible because last week he arguably faced the best pass rush them and the Steelers the Rams number one overall defense but arguably the best pass rush with the 50 percent only 54 percent of the snaps Aaron Donald last week but still he faced that pass rush and he was not sacked once he was only touched once not knocked down at all in that game not pressured all that much either absolutely insane now it's a negative 22 percent pass blocking advantage this week and in the last game it was a totally different game they were in Tampa Bay Aaron Rodgers throws a pick six and then the next drive throws an interception that goes down to the one yard line I don't know how often you're going to be getting nearly two pick sixes in a row from Aaron Rodgers in a game to really turn the tides when they were up 10 nothing earlier on in like whatever it was like week six of the season it might have been week four whatever it was it's totally different players are playing then for both teams both on offense and on defense taking steps forward at that point you never Alan Lazard, yada, yada, yada. You had Devontae Adams just returning from an injury at that point. So yeah, I think that the matchup for Aaron Rodgers is fine. I think Aaron Rodgers is still in play. I think if Patrick Mahomes plays, it's overwhelmingly somebody from the winning lineups on a lot of GPPs are going to be coming from a Mahomes or a Josh Allen stack, just because those two teams are going to be able to really score at will against each other. It's going to be a much faster paced game, whereas the Green Bay Packers play at the slowest pace in the NFL at this point. And although Tampa Bay is more of a quick fire offense, I think they're going to be trying to attempt to run the ball in a game in Green Bay. If we want to talk about weather conditions, that it looks like snow this week. It looks like the real temperature or just the normal temperature on paper is going to be around 25. The real feel likely below 20 degrees this weekend might be a little bit more difficult to be playing there as opposed to somewhere in Kansas City where we're not expecting anywhere near the same temperatures. Last week, Rodgers averaged 8.2 yards per attempt, which is pretty dang good. His overall rating was a 108 rating. That was number one on the weekend if you're not going to count Jameis Winston's 156 yard pass last week. Can't wait to see Jameis Winston hopefully next year as the starting quarterback, not no Taysom Hill of the New Orleans Saints. Now that we know that Drew Brees is retiring if you missed that. But yes, Aaron Rodgers at $6,500. Yeah, he was great last week. He's going to continue to be great. I'm not worried about this matchup against the Tampa Bay secondary because we just saw the number one overall defense last week get torched, get absolutely destroyed by Aaron Rodgers, by Alan Lazard, Aaron Jones, all three running backs were involved. We'll see what happens with A.J. Dillon. Devontae Adams continued to be his normal self, getting nine receptions and a touchdown to get you there in PPR formats. Uh, Robert Tonyan continued to be nice downfield. MVS was the only guy who kind of disappeared, and we talked about that on this show. If you were paying attention, MVS matchup against Darius Williams was terrible for MVS's skill set. MVS did get wide open down the left sideline, and it would have probably been like a 60-yard touchdown. Aaron Rodgers just missed him. But Rodgers is in play at 6,500. The problem is he's not far enough away from Josh Allen, and the ownership on Rodgers is probably going to come in early on. It's too early to tell right now, but let's say the ownership on Josh Allen comes in at 30% and Aaron Rodgers comes in at 20%. That's nowhere near a wide enough gap. I have right now Josh Allen as a top value quarterback on this slate, and I have Josh Allen for around four or five more fantasy points. For only 400 more dollars, it's 100% worth it. The exact same super draft multiplier, I'm playing Allen over Rodgers every single time over there. And then when it comes to Tom Brady, nothing wrong here with Tom Brady. It's just the same things I'm saying about Aaron Rodgers compared to Josh Allen. Rodgers looks better than Tom Brady. Both Mahomes and Allen look better than Rodgers this week. Plain and simple, you have the lowest team implied total at 23.5. You have the toughest matchup quarterback versus secondary-wise on this slate right now for Tom Brady. Now, he has the most weapons, I would say, to stack up with outside of probably Josh Allen, and Josh Allen's weapons are a little bit cheaper, but you have some high upside weapons from a Mike Evans, a Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown, a Leonard Fournette now these past couple of weeks at a very fair price point yet again. Started last week, even with Ronald Jones back and somewhat limited Ronald Jones. You saw Leonard Fournette ball out yet again in the receiving game alone, let alone getting all the red zone and goal line touches. So what makes Tom Brady appealing is not so much his skill set. I know he threw for he threw for 289 yards per game during the regular season. That's actually second on the slate, only behind Mahomes. He's second in attempts at 38.1. Last week, Tom Brady was really bad, though, and that was against probably a more difficult defense in the Saints secondary and the Saints overall defense ranking top five. But what you got was six yards per attempt, 199 yards and two touchdowns. He had that QB sneak at the end. He ended up throwing for 54.5% of the time, and now he's going to be playing in a colder weather game, which he's used to in New England for everything on the line to go to yet another Super Bowl for him, to get a home Super Bowl, that is, as well. But when it comes to fantasy scoring here, I think it's going to be a slower-paced game. I think it's going to be the lowest team total on the slate as projected by Vegas here. So I'm going to stay away from Tom Brady right now. You might be screaming out. It's going to be the contrarian option. If you've been playing the NFL playoffs lately, the contrarian options aren't paying off for you. The Baker Mayfields 
aren't paying off for you, right? That first round where there was some other guys that you could potentially go to, like an Alex Smith or whoever was going to start, like a Taylor Heineke, these are not paying off for you. You play the studs who get you there. You play the studs who every single week are going to be averaging around 24 at the very worst points, right? Like week one of the playoffs when it was just obvious that Lamar Jackson on that three-game slate was going to be the strong option for you. You don't go to guys like Taylor Heineke. You play the Patrick Mahomes and the Josh Allens and maybe the Rodgers, those guys that are getting you 25-plus points basically week in and week out to this point and have that 30-plus ceiling pretty easily as long as they're not getting injured. Let's now move over to the running back position this week and you can see on the screen right now there's not that many running backs to choose from there's only four teams i have five interests early on right now assuming that Clyde Edwards Hiller is healthy and to go my two interests are going to be my, my main interest right now and especially at their price points the most expensive guy is $6,500 Aaron Jones learning enough to worry about expensive running backs there's no $7,900 Alvin Kamara in this league everybody is cheap at the running back position outside of Aaron Jones only one guy above $5,000 flat and that is Leonard Fournette Leonard Fournette has been very good lately Leonard Fournette and Clyde Edwards Hiller assuming Edwards Hiller who was very close last week to playing assuming and they think that he's going to play this week assuming that he is healthy those are my two favorite running back plays this week and man oh man are they very easy to fit into your lineups and still get a bunch of studs all around them i mean leonard Fournette's receiving totals in the playoffs so far have been very impressive his overall totals have just been very nice so far in the playoffs 23.2 points when ronald jones didn't play last week ronald jones does play 21.7 points he now has nine receptions on 10 targets in the playoffs right he ends up having over 80 receiving yards so far to this point and a receiving touchdown it's been very good averaging 9.8 and 8.8 yards per reception in his two games during the playoffs averaging so far 23 opportunities and 23 opportunities back-to-back games of 23 opportunities he has just been motherfucking fantastic Lenny Fournette and it's not like Ronald Jones wasn't involved last week right Ronald Jones had 13 attempts for 62 yards he saw a target but he's just one of the worst pass catching running backs in the NFL Ronald Jones has been absolutely pitiful as a receiver this year whether it comes to drops whether it comes to his yards per reception whether it comes to his route yards per route run he has been very bad and I think they're starting to realize that hey we're going to need a pass catching running back in this offense because all the other offenses that are succeeding with that Aaron Jones Clyde Edwards Hilaire when he's been healthy this year these offenses are having a pass catching dual threat running back out of their backfield Devin Singletary is very quietly so has Zach Moss but Devin Singletary very quietly putting up a top 12 pass catching running back year that nobody wants to talk about because he's in a backfield that's Josh Allen's back there in that backfield playing fantastic but he's not a running back yes he still stands in the backfield and Zach Moss the rookie was getting a lot of usage for 50 plus percent of the season so yes very quietly these teams pass catching running backs are clearly the way to go so when you have a guy like Ronald Jones who currently ranks if I pull it up right now on my end currently ranks 31st in target share out of running backs 32nd in yards per reception 28th in yards per route run 32nd in catch rate that is very bad at this point all of these things look pretty atrocious and that's making him not that great of a yards per touch player he's been good on the ground yards per touch wise but when you factor in his receiving totals 23rd overall so far this season probably something that you can get away from the drops six drops that's the fourth most in the league but his 14.3 percent drop rate and of anybody that has at least three or more drops is the highest in the league so yeah ronald jones that's the reason why you're not seeing him up here with more higher interest for me because i don't think he has any passing game role here i think that the way ronald jones gets there for you and the reason why he's on the slate is he saw 13 touches last week if Ronald Jones sees 12 to 15 touches on the ground at just a price point of 4600 he has to be in play on a two-game slate because if he goes for 12 touches right in this game for 40 yards and a touchdown those 10 fantasy points might be enough for you at this point right if he goes for 14 touches for 65 yards and a reception for three yards and he has 14 fantasy points he's probably going to be the guy that's going to be in a lot of winning lineups so although I don't think it's highly likely he gets into those winning lineups I think it's at least worth mentioning that yeah the usage that he's getting keeps him in play he's just not all that great with his usage he's been nice on a couple of very long runs I think the longest run right now he has like a 95 plus yard touchdown this year he's been very nice on those types of runs this year but his just price point will probably keep him in play around 20 percent ownership so i'm not going to be getting there now all the ownership is going to be coming in on the guys i've already talked about but i don't think the ownership on fournette and clatterbird slayer is going to be overwhelmingly massive i actually think you probably see more ownership because it's just cheap to play these guys in aaron jones this week i think you continue continue to see ownership to devin singletary this week who laid in at last week and this team just doesn't want to run the ball uh, but you might have to just start running it a little bit more i think it's going to be a track meet in kansas city and buffalo but maybe they run it a little bit more and try and keep patrick mahomes assuming he's in off the field 
Leonard Fournette is not my top value play, but he's one of my top value plays up there at just a $5,300 price point. The things that are negative for him, a 23.5 team implied total. Ronald Jones can take some more usage from him, but I think that just leads to the more positives that we want to see out of the passing game. The usage in the passing game has been great. We can get another five receptions or five opportunities alone out of the passing game. If they're trailing in this game, that bodes well for Leonard Fournette, who should be on the field a lot more due to the fact that he can just catch the ball unlike his teammate, Ronald Jones. Probably the best play at the running back position on this slate if he's healthy and active is Clyde edwards Lair. Clyde edwards Lair matchup against Buffalo, one is fantastic. And you're just getting the things that check boxes. A favorite here with a nice matchup on the highest implied team total on a two-game slate. He's very easy to stack up with his quarterback. He's somebody that you expect to be popular in the receiving game. Somebody that I don't think is going to be overwhelmingly popular when it comes to the fact that you have Ronald Jones on this slate who's cheap. You have Devin Singletary. You have Leonard Fournette price right around him. I don't think he's going to be all that much popular or overwhelmingly popular. So far this season, you ended up seeing 2.8 receptions per game. He got banged up, so that hurt some things. But he was running 18 routes per game. He was averaging over five yards per touch, top 25 in that metric. He was number 12 in breakaway runs so far this season he was playing very well until he ended up getting hurt and he was seeing more and more usage as the year went on right you ended up seeing in week 14 his 77.6 percent of the snaps was the most that he saw since week four and they ended up putting up in that game 22 opportunities he ended up putting up 21 touches and 91 total yards he then got hurt the next week after running 19 routes in just about a half of football Clyde Edwards Hilaire is somebody that I want to be getting to he's my top overall value play at the running back position this week he looks good now Aaron Jones nothing wrong with Aaron Jones we liked him last week we got the big run last week to start the second half like a 60 yard run out of Aaron Jones. We know how good he is. If we want to talk about just quickly the offensive line matchups you're going to have for Tampa Bay, so both Ronald Jones and Fournette, and also Clyde Edwards Lair. Both of these teams have positive 42% run blocking advantages, tied for the best in the slate. Then you're going to have Aaron Jones with a positive 26%, and then you're going to have Devin Singletary with a positive 20%, maybe some TJ Yeldon there as well. So all the running games are actually going to have good matchups. None of these run defenses have been all that great this year. Buffalo stinks. Kansas City's for a couple of years now stinks. The Packers are getting a little bit closer to being decent, but still not great. And then Tampa Bay has, has fallen apart as the year has gone on. Some injuries to their defensive line have hurt that. So Aaron Jones kind of starts to check the boxes as Clyde Edwards Lair, but he's $1,500 more expensive and not, I would say, as lethal. I think Aaron Jones is very underrated as a pass catcher, but not as lethal in the backfield as Clyde Edwards Lair will be in terms of just being prioritized there. But you have very similar team totals, 27 implied team total. He's a bigger favorite at three and a half instead of two and a half. So he checks those boxes. He's just a little bit more expensive. So if you have an extra $1,500 because you're going from one defense to the next and you want to be playing Aaron Jones, I think that's completely fine to do so. But I'm not going to be prioritizing him like I will Clyde Edwards Lair and Leonard Fournette. Now, if Clyde Edwards Lair is out, Aaron Jones becomes my number two play, not a Ronald Jones, not a Devin Singletary, nothing like that. Now, if Clyde Edwards Lair was to be ruled out this week, Aaron Jones might become my number two play, but it might just go right back to Daryl Williams, who I actually stacked up in some big four or five man game stacks. These guys are cheap. Clyde Edwards Lair is only $5,000. Williams, Darrell Williams is only 4800 Whichever player is starting there, depending on this CEH, Clyde Edwards Lair injury, it's who I'll be getting in stacks with Patrick Mahomes. We talked about Ronald Jones. Devin Singletary is okay to get to. Again, the t- positive 20% matchup. I think he's somebody that people start to not fully run away from because there's only two games on this slate, but I think they start to choose Ronald Jones over him a little bit more. Definitely Clyde Edwards Lair if he returns in the same price range because Devin Singletary, this is what he's done in the playoffs. 10 overall rushing attempts on the ground, six receptions on six targets through the two games, which is good to see, but 7.4 fantasy points and 6.7. They don't run the ball in the red zone. When they do, it's probably Josh Allen because they're closer to the goal line. Otherwise, this team throws a ton very similar to the Packers in the red zone. Probably why they're here as well, playing smart football in the red zone, not running. And these are games where they're leading. They're leading in the entire second half. They win 17 to three. They're leading for a lot of the game against Indy and they can milk the clock out 27 to 24 they win that game only three rushing attempts Zach Moss was in that game but he didn't see any work either so if you're going to get very little usage like if I can only project Devin Singletary comfortably for like 10 touches in this game and that even feels a little bit high not as interested in the guy in Devin Singletary where I feel like Ronald Jones Aaron Jones Clyde Edwards and even Leonard Fournette are going to be seeing more touches so Singletary in play for me but I actually probably prefer in that regard Ronald Jones assuming that the ownership is going to be a lot more on Devin Singletary now let's move over to the wide receiver position which is going to be the most loaded position on the slate and the one where you can really start to get different and really start to pile on to these like four or five man 
game stacks. Uh, so a lot of guys are yeses. I can scroll to so you can see some of these other names if you're watching on the YouTube version. We can start off with Devontae Adams. So Devontae Adams, even last week, he had a fine week, right? He only faced, he said, Jalen Ramsey. There's only like five coverage snaps in the entire game last week for Devontae Adams. And he ended up having, he beat Jalen Ramsey on three of those five coverage snaps, one of them for a touchdown, which was just a beautiful play design, not really more so on Ramsey. But Devontae Adams last week, nine catches, 66 yards and a touchdown on 10 targets. He had 2.06 yards per route run. He was fine. He was good. Nothing wrong with Jalen Ramsey. He beat him off the line of scrimmage two times in that game. He got him for a touchdown in motion on the other time. So for all the people yelling up and down about Jalen Ramsey, are uh, going to be guarding Devontae Adams in this game. Well, Devontae Adams once again puts up over 21 fantasy points. Devontae Adams once again, good. But yet again, you have a slate where Stefan Diggs is on a slate with Devontae Adams and Stefan Diggs outproduced him last week and Stefan Diggs still remains cheaper. So if I'm prioritizing one of these payup options this week, it really depends on who I'm stacking. But both of these guys, if I want to be playing uh, Josh Allen or Mahomes, I'm able to get to Tyreek Hill and Diggs, probably both of them this week, especially because of how cheap the running backs are. So I prioritize both Diggs and Hill, assuming that I'm starting one of their quarterbacks over Adams. So yes, I prefer a Tyreek Hill and Mahomes or a Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs stack over an Adams and Rogers stacks. They're all in play for me this week, which you're probably going to be seeing in terms of the matchups for these three guys. We could touch on this more on Friday's show, but Adams will probably see Carlton Davis and people are going to be saying, ah, Carlton Davis shut him down last time. He only had like six catches for 60 yards, I think on 10 targets. Yeah. Okay. It was his first game back from injury. The entire offense was sputtering. If you think that that's going to be the same case, then look last week at Tom Brady, Tom Brady, who got blown out in that Tampa Bay team the last time, like 39 to three that they played the Saints and they go up and they win pretty handily in that second half, 30 to 20 last week against the Saints, right? So if you want to just talk about what happened earlier this season, even even more recently, the Tampa Bay Bucks getting blown out and then winning, it would seem to be controlling of that game for most of it last week outside of like one big touchdown reception for Traquan Smith. The matchup for Tyreek Hill will also be very appealing. It's going to be the best matchup on the slate against Tyrone Johnson this week. And they're going to be putting Tyreek Hill in the slot a lot more. Tyreek Hill so far this year has been playing 58% of his snaps out of the slot. That probably only gets higher if Sammy Watkins is out yet again. But just in general, he's all over the field. 20% on the left side, 19% on the right side. Tyreek Hill is probably my favorite payup wide receiver option, assuming you're playing Mahomes. But Stefan Diggs is right there. It's like 1A, 1B this week. Stefan Diggs is going to have a fine matchup against Ward. It'll be a positive 9% advantage. He's all over the field. He's basically a third of the time, not exactly, but a third of the time on each part of the field this season. Stefan Diggs, again, the leader to end the season in yards, receptions, targets. This is a guy who should not be $1,000 cheaper than Adams. Should he be $200 cheaper than uh, Tyreek Hill? These are probably going to be your top three wide receivers in drafts next year. So I think him being very close to Tyreek Hill makes sense. I think that Adams being $8,000 is appropriately priced, but I'm surprised that Tyreek Hill is not like 7,800. Again, they're trying to keep these salaries cheaper so that all the casual players coming in and people who don't play as often, maybe yourself, you don't play as often DFS can make easier lineups. So that maybe you're saying, Hey, this was easy to do. I'll play again next week. And then I'll play again next year. And then I'll play some NBA DFS, right? Just get you easier in there. If it's difficult to make a lineup and you're playing guys you've never heard of, people are probably aren't going to want to play, but we get to benefit from that because I do think that Tyreek Hill should be 8,200. I do think that Adam should be 8,500. I do think that Diggs should probably be $8,000 flat. So you're getting a nice salary there. If I had to rank these wide receivers up top, assuming that we're going to be talking about the specific quarterbacks that we're playing them with and just stacks, uh, let's go 1A, Stefan Diggs, 1B, Tyreek Hill, and 1C, Devontae Adams, right? They're all pretty much in the same regard. They all look pretty dang good. I'll take the cheapest one that I have projected for the top value right now, and that's Stefan Diggs. And we can talk about Stefan Diggs over on Superdraft because you actually get a nice 15% bonus on his fantasy points right now. If I pull up the wide receivers on Superdraft right now, Stefan Diggs is my number one Superdraft play at the wide receiver position by over three fantasy points, over three fantasy points at the wide receiver position. Again, you're basically getting the keys to the castle right now. Play Stefan Diggs in Superdraft and you start yourself from there. Play his quarterback with him, Josh Allen. You don't have to stack on Superdraft. It just works out that way. Get those two guys in your lineup. We go down a little bit more. So there's some guys here that are nice, right? Chris Goblin and Antonio Brown start to become like one-off options for me or Mike Evans. I start to prefer Chris Goblin and Antonio Brown. I think that Chris Goblin's matchup in the slot is going to be the best that you're going to see for a Tampa Bay Buccaneer against a Green Bay Packer this weekend. You'll probably see a positive right now, a positive 28% advantage against Sullivan in the slot. Now, Kevin King for the Packers on the opposite outside. He'll see parts of Mike Evans and parts of Brown. He is absolutely brutal, but they usually put him in zones or safety coverage over top. Jair is usually one-on-one matchup wise. So 
so he'll probably be able to neutralize like he did last week. Absolutely no receptions. He allowed one reception last week for negative three yards on three targets. Absolutely fantastic. He was guarding Robert Woods last week. Absolutely fantastic guarding Reynolds and whoever they threw out there, Van Jefferson at times. Excited to see a matchup yet again with Mike Evans, who he has had success against in the past. Antonio Brown now, but probably the best matchup will be Chris Godwin, who's 66% of the time in the slot. Chris Godwin, who against Sullivan this weekend is going to be coming in with around a 20 pound advantage. So it doesn't matter. Are you kidding me? Have you ever played backyard football? A 20 pound advantage for those first five yards when you can have a little bit of hands, get a little bit physical before legal contact takes place is nice to see. So I probably prioritize $5,400 Chris Godwin out of Tampa Bay. But Antonio Brown at $4,700 has the big play upside when he's on, when he has Kevin King against him. If he gets any man on mans, that's going to be opportunities for deep shots in the game. I do think that you're probably going to see Chris Godwin coming up with the most ownership on this team. And then you're going to see some pretty lower ownership likely on Antonio Brown. So that could be a pivot play for you. That's why he's on here as a yes. But this is what I want to talk about. We can scroll down a little bit here, but this is now what I wanted to talk about. Let's scroll down a little bit so you can see some of the rest of the names on the screen right now with some of the interest is these Buffalo wide receivers. I mentioned earlier, I'm okay if you want to play a Patrick Mahomes stack, running it back with two or three guys. And I'm even more okay if you want to play Josh Allen, stacking him up with three of his wide receivers, especially if they're this cheap. Stefan Diggs at $7,000 is indeed cheap. And then you have John Brown and Cole Beasley this week being cheap. And newsflash, Cole Beasley isn't going to have to play um, this weekend. You're not going to have to get him against a very difficult matchup in the slot against Marlon Humphrey. He'll have a matchup in the slot that's going to be a lot easier this week for him. So the matchups for Cole Beasley, the matchups for John Brown are very appealing and their price points are cheap. John Brown will see Brashad Breeland, who has been very good this year. John Brown in the slot, not that often, 10% of the time. But you finally have seen John Brown, probably only like five or six times this year, actually healthy. Last week ended up being one of those times. And John Brown looked very good. Now, John Brown in a game where none of the offense really goes off has eight catches, 62 yards on 10 targets. That's very good to see. The 10 targets was the big thing. And you had Cole Beasley running 29 routes in that rain, and he ends up getting goose egg. Why? Because he faced Marlon Humphrey, and we said last week on the show that he's going to be a very scary player to be playing. The complete opposite changes this week, where Cole Beasley will have a lot better of a matchup in the slot compared to definitely what he had last week. He'll be seeing some Sneed, who Sneed has been good this season. Cole Beasley will go out there playing 89% of his snaps out of the slot so far this year. He'll have kind of a neutral matchup. So yes, playing John Brown, Stefan Diggs, and Cole Beasley stacked up with a Josh Allen playing from behind against Kansas City, running it back on the opposite side with a Travis Kelsey plus a Tyreek if you have enough money, a Travis Kelsey plus a Clyde Ebertelier. That starts to become very appealing to me. And that's why I think that these two guys are both yeses because it makes it very easy to full on three man or three wide receiver stack or two wide receivers plus a running back stack this Buffalo Bills offense. Outside of that, we kind of have to see what happens with some injuries on the slate. Alan Lazard is fine. If people want to chase it, he's not expensive, so you can go back to it. I think it's just going to be a more difficult matchup this week for him. I think I would actually rather take a chance on um, MVS. Last week, MVS had his opportunity. Rodgers missed him. That doesn't happen often. Sometimes he drops the opportunity, so that's another thing, but MVS is decent at 3,900 if you're playing that game, maybe as a one-off. We have to see what happens with Sammy Watkins. If Sammy Watkins is in, you still have seen McCole Hardman, even with Sammy Watkins in for some of those final weeks, have a lot of routes run, 20-plus routes run. We saw McCole Hardman get very involved early on, and then he sputtered off as Patrick Mahomes got hurt in the second half, but McCole Hardman, if there's no Sammy Watkins, he's going to be a priority at $4,000. He's going to have a difficult matchup, but he still goes into the slot 54% of the time to avoid Tredavious White, so they move him all over the field. They move him in motion out of the backfield. So very similar to Vontae Adams last week. It's tough for a cornerback, a lockdown guy, for a guy moving in motion all the time, for a guy that's getting moved into the slot. It's tough to be locked down. So Hardman becomes a yes for me if we get news that Sammy Watkins misses again. Robinson, not so much in play. Sammy Watkins is in play at just $3,800. If he's healthy and a full-on go, you're going to get Sammy Watkins running 20-plus routes out of the slot on a two-game slate in the Chiefs offense at just 3800 He becomes that value play that allows you to do anything else. I paid $3,200 last week for Byron Pringle to get me 3.4 points 
and ended up winning a ton of money in those lineups. And now if I get $3,800 Sammy Watkins, I feel comfortable even in a bad game that he can score me six or seven or eight fantasy points and really start to pay off that salary with upside of a touchdown in the game. So depending on what happens there, if Sammy Watkins is ruled in and we get that status, he becomes a yes for me. And we could scroll down. I think that's all the yeses. See, yep. Uh, he becomes a yes for me. And then depending on if he's not in, McCole Harmon becomes a yes. A little bit more interesting guys like Byron Pringle and Demarcus Robinson right now. But that's where I'm at. I really want to pile on. I want to get six or seven guys from a game from this Buffalo and Kansas City game, assuming Mahomes is in. Let's finish it up with tight ends, which you probably already know which, what we're going to be doing with tight ends this week. And that's just going to be playing Travis Kelsey. So let me just uh, get this up on the screen right now for you. But yes, Travis Kelsey is going to be the option that you're going to be wanting to play at tight end this week. It's as, bit, as simple as that. But if you're not playing Travis Kelsey or you want to double up on the tight ends, last week, I think it was the third place finisher. Justin Freeman, it is actually. So shout out Justin. He ended up finishing with a, a double tight end set. He had Kelsey and he had Cameron Brait in the flex, I think it was. So that ended up working out for him because Cameron Brait was very cheap. He's very cheap again at just $3,000. He allows you to do a lot with your lineups, especially if you're trying to play two of Devontae Adams and Tyreek and Stefan Diggs, or maybe even all three of them. Yeah, if you're going to be double stacking a tight end, getting Travis Kelsey at $8,000 now, very expensive, but then playing any other tight end with him makes your lineup very unique and also very cheap. So I'm never a fan of double tight end. You basically need Travis Kelsey go off for 20 to 25 plus, which he does almost every single week averaging 22 and a half points per game. And then you need one of these other tight ends to probably get you at least around eight to 10 fantasy points. And then hold your breath at the cheap wide receivers like a Sammy Watkins, McCole Harmon, MVS, those guys this week, Alan Lazard, all of those guys aren't having nice weeks. So Travis Kelsey is the clear and obvious option. He has a positive 49% advantage against Matt Milano this week, where he's going to be having around 40 pounds of advantage and five inches on Matt Milano. It's going to be a very strong matchup. I'm not not playing Travis Kelsey unless Patrick Mums is out. Then I can maybe start to lean a little bit away from him in terms of my exposures. Otherwise, he's my priority in single entry and three max. After that, my next best option, at least value-wise, is $2,800 Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox this week is going to have a tougher matchup against Damian Wilson, who's actually a pretty big linebacker, 245 pounds compared to Dawson Knox, 254 pounds. But if you're just looking for a cheap punt play this week, maybe you want to get unique and double-stacked tight end. I probably won't, but if you want to, Travis Kelsey plus Dawson Knox in that exact same game environment, you get more guys from that game, you get them to kind of tie into each other. Best matchup on the slate against Kansas City is probably for Dawson Knox at the tight end position. That's likely where I'd go. Nothing wrong with Gronk. Gronk earlier this season had a very strong matchup, but you're seeing just more routes run right now for Cameron Brate. But he had a very strong matchup against his Packers secondary. Right now, Rob Gronkowski, last week, you only saw five, you saw five targets, but only 19 routes run. He caught one of his overall five targets for 14 yards, whereas Cameron Brate yet again had a very good week. Cameron Brate ran 16 routes, caught four of six targets for 50 yards in that game. And then lastly, Robert Tony out of somebody who last week ended up running 26 routes in that game, caught all four of his targets for 60 yards. Somebody that's involved in the red zone, but you also have Mercedes Lewis on the field a lot in the red zone. This team loves to prioritize Aaron Jones for two years straight now, and now Devontae Adams a lot this year in the red zone. So it's going to be a spot where it's a little bit tougher to see him scoring touchdowns. It's Kelsey that's the number one option. And then you basically have, depending on the lineups that you're playing, I would say that the 2A option is Dawson Knox. 2B, I would say, is Rob Gronkowski. And 2C is Robert Tonyan. Do I want to go back to Cameron Brait this week? Last week, had those nine fantasy points, was in a winning lineup on just 16 routes from. Probably not. Probably not. He's having a high target share percentage right now, or just a high target rate, meaning that when he's running, his routes. He's seeing a lot of targets, just 16 routes last week, but six targets. It's a very high target rate. I don't think that that holds up all that much. I think that teams might not scheme fully for it at this point, but I think that scheme teams are going to be at least a little bit more aware after about two or three weeks in a row now that Cameron Brate on just not running that many routes. When he's out there, he's probably seeing targets uh, once every other time, basically at this point. He's in play for me, but I would rather go at that cheap price point to Dawson Knox one and then Rob Gronkowski number two. So thank you for tuning in for Championship Sunday DFS. We'll be breaking it down more. We'll have a that one dude on Saturday trying to take on some of the low ownership guys that really worked out 
out for us last week. Aaron Rodgers being one of them with a very nice weekend. The most overall yards on the entire weekend for us. We'll have some other options as well. We'll be having a Friday final thought show. Sunday we'll be doing a live stream before these games start to kick off. The games start at 3, so we'll probably go live at like noon to 1 or noon to 1.30. So you can check it out down below if you want to check out any other tools, projections, rankings, ownership, not just for this, for, but some, for some other sports as well. Depending on when you're watching this, the video might already be out, but on Thursday we'll have an MMA show, the first of the entire year, and we'll have those every single week. We're going to get a creator to come on and help out with those. Very wise person with very good presentation, so be sure to check out Manisha's stuff. That's going to be going out on Thursday morning. We'll have tools for that, MMA, PGA, NBA as well, live streams later today and throughout the week, and a lot of tools on Patreon. Patreon.com backslash Sal underscore veteran underscore to check it all out. Like and subscribe before you go. Appreciate you all in advance, and I'll see you all in the next one.